Welcome to It's All Connected, a Marvel Studios podcast. It's all connected. Everything. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 99 of It's All Connected. This is Russ, and joined for the first time, we have John and Matthew. I didn't realize, as we were talking before we recorded, that you guys have never been on the same show together. No, it's worlds colliding. No. Yeah, we've never met over Skype. Well, it's good to speak to you. Yeah, it's great to speak to you. Long-time listener. <laughs> long time listener for a time awesome yeah. you're still here uh, that's yeah. cool that's very cool so we are vastly approaching episode 100 and uh yeah that's amazing yes which would be awesome uh it won't be the first time john and i have hit uh, 100 episodes on a podcast but uh but yeah i'm looking forward to it i'm hoping maybe we can pull some folks out of semi-retirement and retirement for episode 100 because it'll be a big deal so yeah a very big deal. Yeah, and we're coming up on uh, season four of Agents of Shield starting up here pretty quick, and I I am going to start. So we got I think we'll have a little. We got basically a month at this point before uh, before that happens. So I am starting a phase two rewatch. I'm going to take a lot of cool notes, uh, and we're going to try and do our in depth phase two like we did in depth phase one uh, a couple of years back. So. I cannot believe that phase two is already over and uh, technically yeah. phase phase three is uh, has started. But uh, <laughs> but I am I'm excited to do that. Those episodes are a lot of fun. They're they're just us kind of geeking out about every little connection, not just to the movies themselves, you know, in the universe is a, a larger whole. But, you know, also nods to the comics and to, you know, other mm-hmm. things as well. So uh, so we'll be breaking that down and pointing that stuff out uh, and we'll probably do it like we did last time in two pieces. It's amazing. To... It's amazing to me how it's evolved. And, you know, phase one was however many movies it was at, you know, two hours a clip. And I don't know, there was maybe like 12 hours of content in phase one, a round number, whatever. Then phase two rolls around, you throw in like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And, you know, I'm sure somebody smarter than me has done like the hours of content during phase two. Now you throw in like Netflix and yeah, the hours yeah. of content that Marvel is putting out live action is like off the charts. Yeah, and <clears throat> it's already set up to be even crazier with phase three. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um so again, we got a little bit of news to talk about. Uh, I've, I've got some some bullet points and some some notes, so we'll we'll just kind of break that down. Um, you know, John and I were luckily able to break away enough to do a podcast from our marathoning of the new Hitman game. Yeah, you, you caught me at the right time because <laughs> most other times that's what I'm doing. Yeah, it's pr- pretty much if I'm not. You know, podcasting or catching up on a on a TV show or working or out of town. Uh, I'm playing Hitman. That's like my my game of choice right now is is Hitman, which is funny uh, because in the most recent episode, one of the targets is actually uh, I, b- I believe fashioned after our former co-host uh, Ken Morgan. So it's it's been really fun to uh, to try and find multiple ways to assassinate Ken Morgan. Yes, yes, I prefer to poison his coffee. <laughs> I, I blew up his car at one point by puncturing that, a, that would annoy him yeah yeah I, I punctured a, a oil drum and uh, when somebody was going to sell him this car he got in to start it up and it caught fire so that was awesome you could just like name a file of a podcast wrong on his laptop and he'll run out of the building screaming and then you could just shoot him <laughs> okay so before we totally lose matthew and probably the rest of the audience uh, <laughs> if you're not playing hitman uh i'll just go through through the top here uh, i guess the most recent news and john this is something i think you're you're probably more excited 
about than me just because I'm way behind, even though my son chastises me on a regular basis. Uh, I, I am woefully behind on watching Rick and Morty. Um, but it looks like Dan Harmon um, has been brought on to do some writing for Doctor Strange. Yeah. Uh, Matthew, do you watch Rick and Morty by any chance? I don't. I've seen uh, I've seen some of it, but I'm a huge community fan. Oh, so, cool. And cool. Uh, Dan Harmon, uh, just as a as an individual. So uh, I'm very excited about it. Um, and I like the idea of somebody sort of involved with comedy coming in on something like Doctor Strange, just to sort of reassure that it won't be too super serious or anything, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm that not... Marvel. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm not... Um, you know, I don't know exactly the, how the connection works that I love what he does on Rick and Morty and how that's going to equate to Doctor Strange because Rick and Morty is, like, so off the wall. But he's definitely, like, a super, uh, you know, creative guy and he's got really quirky ideas and I think that could find a way you know, into some cool Doctor Strange material, definitely. Yeah, and he's really good. I mean, with Community, he's really good at balancing um, comedy with, like, really good character stuff, uh, just really deep character exploration. So it could really go either way. So, yeah, I'm excited. Whatever it is that he did, uh, it definitely makes me feel even better about the movie. Yeah, I should, I guess for anybody that doesn't know what Rick and Morty is, uh, it's an animated show, and it's a... It's a straight parody of, uh, I'd say, Back to the Future and Doctor Who at the same time. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. an old, it's an older grandpa who takes his grandson. The, grand, the grandfather is an is a evil scientist genius, and he takes the grandson on crazy adventures, and it's like time travel and dimension hopping and you know multiple uh, universes and alternate timelines, like all that, you know, aliens, everything that you can think of. And they just get themselves into these really wacky and crazy situations. And it does have like a dark humor side to it, which is really cool. Like definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Like when, when body doubles start showing up, it was either cloning or like alternate dimensions and, you know, body doubles kept showing up and they were just like axing them, <laughs> like, like locking the heads think that's up. One of the ones I've actually seen. Yeah. yeah it gets, and there's it's just a, gnarly, ba- yeah, so. it's a basement stuffed with like body parts that are the, of the same people, like all the body doubles. It's, it's really amazing. Super funny stuff. Yeah, I guess I guess one of the things we haven't talked about was the Olympics uh, put out a new trailer for Doctor Strange. And I guess it, for the most part, it was kind of more of the same. But uh, the one bit I like in there is the uh, at, at the end of the trailer, um, Mordo's character, Twihel Ijafor, hands uh, Dr. Strange a piece of paper that has the word Shambhala on it. And he looks at him and he's like, well, what, what, what's this? And he's like, it's the Wi-Fi password. He's like, we're not complete <laughs> savages. And yeah. I, I just, uh, you know, I, I just thought that was, that's what that, um, that movie, that, that trailer needed. And maybe, you know, maybe that was the bit they, you know, that Harmon had a, had a hand in writing, but you know, the, the trailers that this far have been so heady and so serious Right. Um, so to kind of add that little sting at the end with that bit of humor, I think is is going to do it really well. And, you know, knowing that Marvel Marvel, you know, if anything, you know, not to get all, you know, this versus that. But, you know, one of the things I think that people appreciate is even when they take these serious things, there's these, you know, you know, spots of humor in it that uh, always yeah that, that bring people to it. So so that that uh, I think that was important to get out. Yeah, I mean, even like Jessica Jones or Daredevil, you know, the darkest things, there's there's a lot more humor than you would expect from that type of show. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's good with Doctor Strange because, you know, I think it's kind of maybe it's one of their they've had a lot of out there concepts before. But, you know, maybe they wanted to present the idea that this is going to be a kind of serious take on this sort of, you know, psychedelic journey and, and wanted to kind of sell that so it didn't seem too like nutty or weird. Because it's you know it's not like something like Ant Man or Guardians of the Galaxy, but right. so maybe that's why they kind of show off all the humor at first. But but now they're kind of like, but don't worry, it's still you know a Marvel movie. It'll still be fun. And they're going all in on the like the Inception. I, I hate to keep using that reference, but that's really the only thing I can relate yeah, to. Yeah, I don't think you can't not. I mean, there's no way that that's not a 
a point of reference. You, you know, know, I mean, it's... You know what's really funny, and maybe you guys knew this, I, I have very little... Uh, any any reading of Doctor Strange that I had done was in other books, like Avengers and things where Doctor Strange... Was, me, me too. Right. I, I've, me never, too. I've never read, like, any Doctor Strange material, and uh, somebody, you know, on either Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or something posted a panel from like it had to be you could tell by the art style and like the quality of the of the work and everything that it was from the 70s probably and the title of the post was like people think that the you know we're ripping off inception and the panel is the what we call the inception scene like it's horizons going up the side of the page and buildings on the top of the panel facing down um, so I thought it was funny because oh, it, it's wow. almost like Inception borrowed it from a Doctor Strange comic. <laughs> and oh, that, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to. I'll try to find the panel. I'll, I'll look back on the timeline and stuff and see if I can send it to you guys. But it was really yeah. interesting. It was the yeah. first time that I had seen it in reverse. That it was in the comics and then in Inception and okay. now in Strange. That's movie. interesting. Yeah, well, I, that's uh, good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of like you guys. I've I've read Doctor Strange: The Oath. I've read, I've read when he shows up. I've read the current run, uh, which is actually pretty decent, even though I'm not a big Bachelot fan on the art. But um, I've read the current stuff, and then I've read him as he's appeared in other places. Um, but I they recently solicited the uh, Doctor Strange Omnibus Volume One, so it starts with the Ditko stuff from Strange from Strange Tales. Uh, so it, which is kind of funny cause I bought the shield omnibus, which is the strange tales. So strange tales used to be a, basically two stories in every comic. It was, you know, Dr. Strange for the first half. And then, uh, it was a Nick Fury shield story for the second half. So it'll be kind of cool to get the omnibus that gives me the other, the other half of the story. Cause it's got like the letters pages and stuff in there. So you hear a lot of Dr. Strange stuff and, you see the cover, you know, it shows the cover of the book. And so a lot of them are Dr. Strange covers as opposed to shield covers until, you know, like Storanko came in. Uh, so I'll be, I'll be reading quite a bit more Dr. Strange. Uh, I think October is when that thing ships. So I, I always thought my, my opinion of it without reading it, which is a stupid sentence even to say, but I always thought <laughs> it was kind of like hokey magic stuff. And I, you know what, back in the, early 70s if it had more of like a horror feel it might be something that i'd be interested in um i'll have to try to check out some older stuff too and i'm sure there's um one of those big volumes in black and white you might have just said it um oh the essentials yeah they have doctor strange essentials i'm sure right i would think so yeah i would think so i'll have to look if i find any um next time i'm in austin if i go to austin book they've got that that little half price store that has a ton of essentials that they Marked down like five bucks or whatever, so I'll keep my eyes out. Cool. Yeah, I'm 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 like you, John, where I, I I guess I sort of always assumed it was one thing and I I felt like I had maybe a harder time like getting into the idea of just reading off spells on a page sort of thing, you know? Right, right. It it just it, it felt like, well, I don't really want to see him list off the different spells he's doing and it I just didn't feel like it would translate, but you know, again, Without having really read it, I don't know that that's a good way to judge things. But yeah, I've liked him whenever he's appeared in in other stuff, and I'm very excited to see how that's interpreted in a in a film setting, you know. Um, but I definitely want to go back and read some good stuff now. Cool. Uh, the Russos have been doing a lot of talking lately, and I guess they're kind of gearing up for Infinity War. So. I think we mentioned this before, but now Infinity War is not Avengers three and four is not going to be Infinity War part one and part two. There's more evidence. It seems that even though they're filming them back to back and they're going to come out a year apart, that they're really going to be two distinct movies um, mm-hmm. that that the third Avengers movie will be called Infinity War. But the fourth one will be called something else. And it sounds like it, it's going to be a little more disconnected than we thought from the third one. So. Maybe it's all just ruse. Maybe they're you know trying to fake us out. Maybe it's legit. Um, I guess it it makes more sense knowing the movies that are going to come between the two of them. You know that Captain America or Captain America, uh, Captain Marvel is uh, going to get her movie in March of of twenty. You know of of uh, uh, of twenty nineteen. Nineteen. Yeah, yeah twenty nineteen. So between the two, 
you know, Black Panther coming out, you know, after part one. So, uh, you know, some of this makes makes, I think, a little bit more sense. Well, I guess, no, now that's been been bumped up. So it'll actually be before. But, um, you know, some of the stuff going on, I think, makes makes a little more sense. But uh, one of the things that that the the Russos have said, I, I guess this broke either today or yesterday, um, that uh, Steve Rogers is definitely not Captain America when at least when we pick up with Infinity War. So whether he's just taking on a completely civilian identity, there's been a lot of, you know, of course, speculation now is like, is he going to pick up the nomad identity? Is he going to, you know, maybe be the captain, uh, you know, where he uh, when he kind of got booted off of being Captain America when the government. It's funny because I'm actually reading this run. I'm reading the old uh, Grunwald run of Cap and I'm right at the part where Steve gets the government basically boots him out. They bring John Walker in um, as Captain America and Captain America takes up the persona of the captain where he has. What you think of now as U.S. agent, uh, which right. is John Walker's character. The, originally, that costume was worn by Steve Rogers when he stopped being Captain America uh, in the late 80s uh, during the Grunewald run. So there's there's speculation that maybe he he gets another shield, you know, especially because he's kind of cozied up with Black Panther, uh, you know, that mm-hmm. maybe he you know, he does that. So interesting. Now, Russ, you know I stink at the dates that everything is coming out. Like, when could potentially a change like that happen? Or do you think it's actually, like, introduced in Infinity War that he's... Yeah, I think think that's... Because that's the next crack we're really going to get. Because, you know, we'll have... I mean, the next movie that comes out is Doctor Strange. I don't think we're going to see anything there. Then it's going to be Guardians, which I don't think we're going to see anything there. Yeah, not Then at after all. that, we'll have Thor Ragnarok, which I don't think we're going to see anything Cap-related there. And then I think, I think, didn't Black Panther move? Isn't it like February? It's February 2018. Yeah, so there's, I mean, there's a chance that there's some sort of reference in Black Panther, maybe like you're saying, like maybe he alludes to where Steve went after he put Bucky in cryo. Yeah. So maybe that's where it is. I mean, it makes sense. We, we saw him obviously on the outs with the government and that odds with that whole idea. So you could sort of see them being like, well, we still need a captain America figure. We've got this shield, you know, we're gonna, we're going to make this new captain America. And then he's sort of like, well, I'm going to take on this other identity or maybe I feel at odds with the whole idea of the American government or something. So it seems super plausible uh, yeah. and would be an interesting twist. I mean, you know, he is a fugitive, so why not play with that angle a little? Yeah, I guess, I guess the difference, you know, cause I think some people were thinking, Oh, well, if, if he gives up the, the identity of captain America, that the government would have to find a replacement where, it's a little different because the public knows Steve Rogers as Captain America in the right. cinematic universe, where in the comics at the time, the public did not know Steve Rogers was Captain right. America. Like they, That's a good they, point. And, and he was more of a, you know, at that time, the comics had been published for, tw- you know, 25 years by the time that that happened. So right. you know, there, there was this but, perceived history. But they could still easily sell it as... You know, just the idea that Steve Rogers is a vigilante, you know, a fugitive vigilante, but the idea of Captain America needs to live on or something. So, you know, they could still kind of twist it and do it in that way. Yeah. Yeah. If they wanted to. But 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 I think the idea of Steve taking on another identity is probably much more likely than the government also making a second Captain America. Yeah. So it's just kind of interesting. I I kind of assume that that was the case, but I guess they're kind of making a bigger point out of it. Uh, coming up, so it'd be interesting to see how that how that plays out. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see how everything plays out after Infinity War, um, and to see what you know what the landscape of the Marvel universe, cinematic universe as we know it, looks like after Infinity War. Uh, especially you know with contracts coming to an end and you know things like that, but a lot of re ups. So I, I I don't count anybody out to be honest with you. Uh, after that happens, I, I there's been some set. Uh, photos recently of Anthony Hopkins on the on the set of Thor Ragnarok. Uh, I think that was one of those things after Thor the Dark World that was kind of left open for interpretation, you know, as to what the fate of, you know, was Hopkins going to come back? Were they using, you know, that story as kind of a way out for his 
his character, if they couldn't get Hopkins back, you know, they would have a way out to not have him. But it looks like he's definitely in. So that's good to hear because we we have lost some of the major stars that didn't have major roles along the way. Like yeah. Wenith, yeah. I guess, is done, and uh, maybe not officially, but uh, um, right. Jane I mean, Portman's Thor, done, right? Um, yeah. The original. I'm going all the way back. The original roadie was. Um, oh right, right. Don oh, Terrence Cheating. Howard. Yeah, it oh, seems Terrence like Howard, yeah. no. it seems like the bigger names that aren't in the major roles have sort of been like, all right, that's enough. I don't need to do uh, nine Marvel movies or whatever. Or they've killed them off. Yeah. 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 Um, the other interesting bit to come out of the Thor Ragnarok set. So there's been a lot of. Uh, Chris Hemsworth, Tom Hiddleston uh, sightings. You know, they've been doing – they visited Children's Hospital in Australia uh, within the last few days, which was really awesome. Uh, and they, they kind of did some role-playing with the kids and stuff. So that was really cool uh, to see that, uh, which is, you know, kind of a theme for, for these guys. They're, they're really good about, uh, you know, about putting that out there. We saw it a lot with, like, Chris Evans and Hemsworth and Downey Jr. Uh, so they're, they're kind of carrying on with that, which is cool. Um, but I guess there was a there was a some filming being done of of the two of them in more plain clothes, and I don't know if it's just maybe some creative Photoshop, but there was a picture of of Thor holding a what looked like a business card that had in script the address of Doctor Strange uh, Doctor Strange's uh, Sanctum Sanctorum in Greenwich Village, um, and the setting that they looked like they were filming in was very urban. Like it was very, um, you know, very much like, you know, New York city or, you know, a, a city street kind of thing, you know, with a newsstand and everything else. So there's been some speculation that maybe they get some help from Dr. Strange to either get back or to fix maybe what's, you know, what's going on with, with what's happened to them. Yeah. I, I think it's possible. I mean, I, I feel like Marvel sort of, experimenting with all these you know mixing all these characters together especially you know leading up to something like infinity war it, it makes sense a little bit to tie more of these characters together before you drop you know 50 of them into a movie together yeah um and these are all characters that weren't in civil war so you know i mean i, I could definitely see it it definitely seems possible and would be you know cool and interesting when you try to throw them into the movie before you know them, you get uh, DC movies. <laughs> Shot <Yeah>. fired. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I, I like Batman versus Superman. I know I'm in the minority, but like that Suicide Squad was a freak show. Yeah, I mean that was I a agree. disaster. <laughs> a disaster. They gave some people two origins and skipped other ones altogether. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, as a side note, yeah, I mean, I, I was going into it super, super excited, very positive. Like I was, I was wanting it to be good and I thought it would be good. And so, you know, I wasn't going in as like a hater or anything. Like I really wanted to see it succeed and boy, it was just a mess. I I think really, you know, jokes aside, that's kind of what they're doing wrong. Like they're shoehorning Justice League people in like, you know, to a Suicide Squad movie. They're they're shoehorning these cameos in and you don't even, you know, if if this were the Marvel formula, there would have been a Deadshot movie. There would have been a Harley Quinn movie. There would have been, you know, a uh, whatever. Yeah. You I know, mean, you could say it's like Guardians, maybe. Like, they could have done that. They could have done it right. You know, we didn't know any of the Guardians characters when we yeah. met them, and that worked. So, That's I mean, a good I, point. you could argue there's there's a way to do that, to introduce them all by themselves. But but even then, you know, we didn't see a Iron Man cameo or something in, in Guardians. They let, it, they let it live on its own and be its own thing. And I think that was the problem with Suicide Squad is it didn't – they didn't let it exist on its own terms. Yeah. They felt like I, they had to cram in all this other stuff and, and I went rip in off with, Guardians and stuff. <laughs> yeah, with, I went in with pretty low expectations. So for me, I thought it was – I actually thought it was okay. Like, I mean, it didn't – I didn't hate it, didn't love it. Um, I, I think there was some stuff – it, it kind of felt a little uneven too. I think the weakest part of that movie was the story. 
Um, yeah, I, I think Will Smith as Deadshot was way better than I thought he was going to be. Um, Margot Robbie's Margot Robbie, so um, there you have it. But I feel, um, I feel the the inverse of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so but maybe I, I that's just, the thing. It was just no matter how you view it, it was just scattershot. I mean, even if you liked something, nobody liked the same things. It was just yeah, it was just kind of all over the place. You know, it was. Yeah. I, I just think I think Ayers did a good job directing it. Like I don't I don't think there's anything bad. I think I I just I would have gone a different direction with the story. I don't think that the villain voice was was the right move for for me. Like I I just didn't. And I think it just gets back to they needed a big effects style ending, so they couldn't go small with it. Whereas I think that it would have been better served to maybe go a little smaller with one hundred percent. Yeah, with the ending, you know make it more like the raid or like dread or something like that, where it's a little right. grittier, a little more grounded and not quite so fantastical. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, I'll even, you know, I'll jump back over to Marvel and say that, you know, as much as I love guardians, I, I think the sort of climax is probably one of the weaker parts of it sure. where it just has to go for this big, like, uh, you know, cosmic power showdown friendship, special sort of thing you know i mean it yeah I, I would say if there's a weak point it's kind of that that moment a little bit so i mean you could argue like a similar thing like when these movies that kind of live on this quirky intimate sort of feeling kind of try and cram in too many of the big you know cgi disaster moments then it sort of just totally doesn't doesn't click as well um and you know civil war i think not that they didn't have their share of CGI, you know, things, but, you know, they, it went a little, it felt a little more intimate, you know, I mean, the, the fights and the battles were sort of one-on-one. I mean, even when you have Iron Man, which is obviously all CGI versus Cap, you know, it, it still felt like a kind of visceral fight. And even when we had like Giant Man running around at the airport scene, you know, there was still these real moments in the fight where people were connecting and you saw the moves and things were clever and there was good directing and choreography and it, you know, there weren't just like huge explosions and lasers and zombies and, you know, everything else. Yeah. So it, I think, I think maybe that's, that's where Marvel, when it does things well, that's where it does them well. And that it, it's, it doesn't rely on the CGI to, you know, we live in an age where anybody can do CGI. Like there's nothing impressive anymore about CGI, you know, it's right. Right. Anybody can do that on their computer now. So it's like, you have to make it feel real. You have to make us forget that, that that's CGI. So you can't just have big lights and explosions and expect us to be like, Ooh, wow. You know, fireworks there. I think if you're going to do it right, you have to like, you need characters you're interested in. You need, plot that works and you need you know action that that tells a story and feels like real yeah i I just think maybe somebody like Ayers is credit was credited for the i mean not to get too far down this rabbit hole because we're not we're not (laughs) not a dc centric project i tried to bring it back to marvel (laughs) yeah i mean Ayers was credited with the script and the and the directing and i think maybe it would have been better served for somebody to kind of take in his script and and you know, change it because I don't think like it didn't have weird dialogue stuff. Like I didn't, I didn't have eye rolly crazy dialogue. I, I just they're just like I said for me the key thing was um, there's some stuff with the story that really was kind of odd. I thought the action and stuff was was really well done and and like I said I, ca- I can't I can't ding Ayers on the director side of, of the fence. Like I don't think he directed a crappy movie. I just I think there were some problems with the story and and some of the pacing. Um, that's your that's your. Uh, Suicide Squad review minute uh, from the, yeah <laughs> from uh, it's all connected. My bad. No, no, it's all good. It's all good. No, I mean we're all. I, I guarantee you know ninety percent of the people listening were, you know, saw Suicide Squad too. So. So anyway, so we'll we'll see how it goes. That um, it looks like Captain Marvel is. Uh, we've got kind of a short list for directors, and I I I'll be honest with you. For the three that are that are rumored to be in the running, I haven't seen. I'm not familiar with any of the three of them while I guess one of them, I actually have seen their work. So it looks like the short list is, uh, Nikki Caro who directed well rider and, uh, McFarlane USA, which I saw in neither of those movies, Leslie Linka Glatter, 
who's done a bunch of TV stuff, including The Walking Dead and Homeland. So being that I've seen every episode of The Walking Dead and Homeland, I'm inadvertently familiar with her work. So uh, I need to go back through and see which episode specifically she directed just to kind of get a feel for what her style is is like. And the last one in the running is Lorene Scafarina or Scafaria, sorry. Uh, who's directed The Meddler and Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. And again, I've I've seen neither of those. So are, are uh, Matthew or John, are are you familiar with any of any of these directors that they've got lined up? No, none. No, I, I saw the list of all their stuff and and like you said, there's two of them. I think the the last two you said, I think they had both done some different TV stuff. So again, I've seen some of that TV, but I you, you know, didn't know specifically which ones they've done. So, you know, I could say, oh, okay, well, it's I like those shows. So, you know, hopefully they did a, an episode I really liked. But, yeah, I, I I don't know their names, and I haven't seen any of those movies. Yeah, so, but, but I mean... They, they seem it, to be going with the sort of unknown indie director thing, which, you know, has worked, or even the TV director thing. I mean, those have all worked for them in the past, so... Yeah, Marvel, yeah. So, and they're they're kind of in a different situation where, you know, the studio and not Disney but Marvel kind of has a, f- I, I hate to say heavy hand because I mean James Gunn seems to have more or less a lot of freedom in in the the style and in the way he directs and, and his approach to the movie. Yeah. Favreau was the same way. Now, granted, Favreau you know kind of set the tone. Whedon was the same way. So I mean, it it looks like these guys, you know, these, these guys and gals, uh, you know, kind of can put their own touch on it, but you know, there's, there's a very heavy guided hand in, uh, you know, in, in what they want done and, and the story and everything else. So, uh, you know, having somebody, you know, where, whereas when you think almost 200 million or two, you know, pretty close to probably $200 million budget movie and taking a relatively unknown director or, a director that hasn't had, you know, a lot of, you know, large big budget movies under their wings, you know, might be a little nervous. Um, but then you look at what Marvel's done in similar situations. I mean, like James Gunn, uh, the Russos are prime prime example, um, and even even Whedon to some degree. I mean, the biggest thing he directed was uh, was Serenity yeah. at that point. But, yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, you know, taking taking these you know these these franchises and doing really well with them with directors that just, you know, aren't, I guess it proves that you don't need a Spielberg or a Scorsese to come in and direct these movies to put out, you know, a really high quality product. Well, and I think the important thing is, is, you know, what, what you love about Spielberg and Scorsese is at one point they were in the same boat. You know, I mean, they, what's good about them is that they know how to shoot a movie and they know how to, pull all the elements together to make for a captivating story with captivating characters. So even though we haven't seen these movies, you know, if we can assume that these are, you know, directors who have all made critically acclaimed indie films that generally deal with a lot of character relationships and things like that. And we assume that Marvel kind of, you know, helps you on the big budget sort of end of things, then, then I I feel like it's a good formula because we know they're going to deliver the care. You know, we just talked about this with suicide squad, like, we know that these movies are going to deliver spectacle and we know Marvel can handle that spectacle. So what we need to make that spectacle work is good characters and good story and, and, you know, a good way to portray those smaller intimate moments between the characters. So if they, if, if these directors can do that, then I feel like the bigger, you know, action things like, I feel like that'll, I'm less worried about them handling that. You know, I want to I want to see these good character moments because I'm I'm pretty confident that the big action moments will be great, you know. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's just a different way of, you know, dealing with it. I yeah, mean, I guess it, you know, you're it's just an interesting used to approach. Yeah, you're used to studios saying, "Well, you know, if we're ponying up this much cash, we want, you know, top-notch, you know, very highly skilled, you know, very, you know, used to dealing with a with, you know, this kind of budget and this kind of scale." And Marvel's yeah. almost taking kind of the opposite approach. So, uh, and I, you know, yeah. so far, I think like well. I think maybe back in the day, you know, a studio told you something about a film, and 
now something, you know, like Warner Brothers or whatever, I, you know, you don't even know half the time what a Warner Brothers movie is. They make tons of them. So right. you kind of need a star or a director or whatever to, to almost tell moviegoers this is going to be the tone. So maybe with Marvel, they feel like they can take that risk more because you know what you're getting out of a Marvel movie. Like they're the tone. They're the right, setting. Right. So, so maybe they feel less worried about drawing you in with the big name or whatever, which, which, which works out because then they get a focus on we're just going to find someone with skill. And if you like what Marvel does, well, this is Marvel, you know. So it, it's been working so far, and hopefully we, it keeps working for us. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, bet, I'm betting on them until uh, until there is a swing and a miss. Um, so the last bit I had on the movie news before we move to a couple TV bits, uh, one of them one of them being pretty big to talk about, but I've, I've just got a couple TV things, is there's been a lot of talk. I, I guess there's been confirmation uh, recently that Zendaya – is it Zendaya? Zendaya. We went uh, over this. Zendaya. <laughs> yeah, I know. Zendaya. <laughs> oh, we blew uh, it. Yeah, I blew it. I, I, I would. Uh, Zendaya is is pretty much confirmed as playing Mary Jane Watson, and it's funny. I've been reading a lot on the on you know you see on mainly on social media because I haven't really seen it you know on the other sites, but they're like all this you know outrage. You know people are upset about the outrage of of an African American character playing a you know redheaded you know white character from the comic, and I'm and I've seen this a lot lately, and. I'm looking and I'm like, I'm not seeing the actual negative blowback. Like, I'm seeing people saying that they're upset about negative blowback. But when I keep digging, I don't actually see the negative blowback. And I'll, I'll so it's I kind of like call people it, are assuming that there's I, that people are upset because they always are upset about. I kind of call but... it faux, like faux outrage. That's kind of how I I described it earlier. Um, do I believe that there are people on Twitter and Facebook that are, you know, just asshats and, you know, and railing against it? Of course, it's the Internet. I, I think right. I think sometimes people act that way just to act that way. And and especially like on Twitter, it's an anonymous, basically an yeah. anonymous social media source. So me personally, like I just don't even give that any credence. Like I don't I don't put any like I don't legitimize it. So if exactly. that's where. If that's where the the quote outrage is coming from, then to me it's just nonsense. Like I'm not right. seeing, um, you know, respected columnists or bloggers or podcasters or reviewers. I don't I don't hear or see or, or you know even people that I know and respect saying anything negative about this. Um, and so to me that's you know that that's I think more. I mean because you know you've had James Gunn weigh in on it, you've had Stan Lee weigh in on it. And I, I think sometimes it's just a way to just gin up and, and, you know, maybe it's smart on their part, you know, gin up, you know, discussion, right? Because it's, it's, you know, there's no such thing as bad press. You know, the more you talk about the characters and the movies and the stars and whatever, you know, the more yeah. you know, interest you're, you're, you're yeah, ginning I mean, up with this property. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about it, yeah. you know, right now. Yeah. I, I mean, me personally, you know, I don't see anything wrong with it. I don't, I don't care. And and I don't mean that in a flippant, negative way. I just, I, I'm just like, just cast somebody that's going to be good in the part. Like I don't, right. it, it doesn't really matter to me. Like that, you know, that, that's, um, you know, and, and Matthew, we've talked about this, you know, many times. We talk a about it with the, times, Iron yeah. Fist, you know, the Iron Fist casting. There are times when race, gender, ethnicity, those things are important to a character or to right. a story, you know, Luke Cage prime example, right? You can't make Luke Cage a white guy. Um, it just, right, it just, exactly. It, it doesn't work. It just absolutely does not work. Um, you can't make Black, Black Panther Hispanic. Like, it just doesn't, like, it doesn't work. Um, right. But those are, you know, kind of far and few exceptions. So, I, I you know, it's funny. One of um, John, John and I, kind of friend of friend of our podcasting history, uh, on Facebook kind of wrote and said, like, hey, is this, is this people just saying you know, just reacting to the fact that, you know, it's bad, you know, that, that people are saying, you know, these things are, are people really yeah. saying these things? Cause he's, he's like, it seems to me they're just complaining about people complaining. Um, and so yeah, that's kind of I think it's like Marvel does this sort of thing a lot where they, you know, change the comic race of a character and there's always, always been blowback. So maybe they just, maybe everyone just assumed like, well, there's definitely blowback cause there's always blowback. So we're just going to automatically say it's ridiculous because it is. And but yeah, maybe this time it was like 
actually maybe people are just over it or don't care, which yeah. is great. I mean, I would love if we could stop wasting time like complaining about this because it doesn't. It's like if if she turns out to be a terrible actor or something, or they write her in a way that's completely like foreign to how Mary Jane, you know, is supposed to act or something, then maybe you could like, that could be a form of, of outrage or something, but sure. Yeah. I don't, I've, as someone who's been a lifelong fan of, of Spider-Man and Mary Jane and almost every iteration that they've been in, I, there's nothing, absolutely nothing about her that's tied into her, her race that I've ever seen that you know matters one one way or another so i don't i guess the closest you could say is like she iconically has red hair but that's really first of all you can dye your hair red uh, kirsten dunst dyed her hair red to play mary jane and second i don't even think that red hair thing is that big of a deal i mean outside of a comic it's like kind of an iconic style choice but i mean it doesn't like Right. It's not like that's a plot point or something. Exactly. exactly. Her nickname isn't red. Exactly. So, I mean, it was more of just to kind of make her stand out as a character versus a lot of the other, you know, female characters in comics that had like brown and black hair. It was probably shorthand for some sort of wildness, you know, back in the 60s. But, you know, I mean, it did. And a contrast to Gwen Stacy. I mean, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, it, it. you know, there there weren't a lot of, you know, characters with red hair, so it just makes them stand out, sure. But I mean that doesn't again, it doesn't it doesn't make any difference in in the setting of the film. I mean, to me the only thing that I was a little the only thing that I, I was bothered by is that I was hoping they were gonna avoid Mary Jane altogether just because just to kind of separate it a bit from the movies that have already come, but Right, right. Given the given the way they've been casting, and given the fact that there's like four, you know, forty different teen actors have been cast. Seems like every week there's a new teen cast member in this movie. Yeah. I'm just assuming they're casting every Spider-Man character that there's ever been in this movie. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I think any any civilian character that's ever been in a Spider-Man movie, you know, like any high school age person or whatever, I think is going to be in this movie. I wouldn't be surprised if. There's even like a Miles Morales and a Cindy Moon and stuff. I feel like they're just throwing every character into this movie. So yeah, yeah. The most interesting thing uh, to me about her being cast is uh, she's like five eleven. She's oh, is she really that tall? Oh, yeah. She's okay. like she's got to be a solid three inches taller than uh, Tom Holland. And it oh, always amazes me, like you know, like when you look at Stallone movies, like how they frame everything to make them look as tall and stuff. And I just wonder if right. she's going to be that much taller than him, like in the hallway in school, or if they're going to frame right, things. Right. You know, I kind of like I like the idea of her being a bit imposing. I feel like that that to me is Mary Jane. So I kind of like the idea of her. You know, maybe instead of the red hair, that that's the thing that makes her stand out. Is just yeah. she's just kind of towers over most everybody. Which... And I have no like background experience. I, I don't think I've seen her in any, like I wasn't familiar with her as, as a, you know, as an actress or as a, as a pop cultural icon or whatever until really she was cast in this movie. Like I'd never, you know, too. I, I'd, I had never I'd heard never the name heard before prior to this. So. I have young daughters and her, so you know what it's that's about. my excuse. Yeah, she was on it. She was a Disney kid. She was on a right. She was a Disney show kid, and um, I don't even want to. I shouldn't even say this because I don't want to judge her on how she acted when she was fourteen. You know what I mean? Like it was totally right. Terrible scripts. Everybody overacted. Right. It's you a know. Disney Channel show. Like, right. what are you going to do? Right. So I won't. I'll try not to hold that against her. I I don't. I know she was on Dancing with the Stars between her Disney stuff and this, and that's it. I don't think she's done any like mainstream TV. No, I don't think she has either. Or movie. It, there might have been like a TV movie, like same type of deal. Maybe a Disney. You know, TV movie. Yeah, it seems like they're going for a lot of unknowns for the, like, high school students. Yeah. I remember her Besides, in a like, commercial for, like, shampoo. 
(laughs) Well, there we go. That's about it. It was probably that. That's probably what what got her the role. She was in. So she was in the uh, the Disney TV movie Zapped, which. Whenever I saw that and saw that it was a Disney movie and the movie was named Zapped, that just kind of like my brain kind of went sideways with that because John and I are old enough to remember <laughs> there was a movie in the early, early 80s called Zap with Scott Bayo. Yep. And uh, it was most certainly not a Disney movie. <laughs> no, I, no. I, I remember the same movie. <laughs> the good old 80s rated R comedy. Yes. So it's just kind of funny that it, it seemed to almost have like a similar... Uh, you know, like arts, you know, font style and everything else. But anyway, yeah, uh, I see. I don't, she I don't did know if it... an episode of Blackish, which I have not seen, but that's a pretty recent, like, popular sitcom. Yeah, that's only been out for like a year, I think. Yeah, so, she, she was on an episode last year, and something called KC Undercover TV series, which she plays KC Cooper. So she had another title role. Doesn't look like that's going like around. It looks like it's on like a Disney Channel show. Yeah, it's yeah, it is a Disney Channel show, and it looks like it's ongoing because it shows 2015 through 2017. So, oh, okay. I guess I guess that's what she's got going on. Here we go, Disney Disney show, Casey undercover, an outspoken and confident technology whiz and skilled black belt discovers that both her parents are spies and expect her to follow in their footsteps. So it's by kids with just one kid. So it's not a documentary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. So it's Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Without the spider. Yeah. Touche. So they're like, let's just, there we go. Let's just combine everything. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Like almost everybody they've cast um, besides the the guy from Dope and grand budapest hotel and who seems to be playing flash and yeah, then john tom and I, holland don't seem to I, I don't know who any of them are so yeah it's funny last episode john and i kind of talked about the uh the casting of flash thompson and i thought it was yeah kinda, i thought that was an interesting discussion you guys had about the yeah. modern day version of a bullier yeah it, it's a good it's it's a it's a good argument and um you know, there's also I, I watch all the animated stuff, so you know, the version of Flash in the Ultimate Spider Man cartoon, he's still like, you know, a jock bully person, but he's also like really goofy and doofy once he becomes Agent Venom. So I mean it you know, it could easily be that that, that he's less of like the big bulked up jock and and you know, he could still just be a jerk, you know. I mean he could still, you know, be you know he's popular or something and that's where the bullying comes from and yeah popular maybe smarter than peter or you know right and and the other the other thing is and i mean i guess they're filming now so this probably isn't the case but you know i mean people can always bulk up you know yeah i was gonna say watch we'll all be we'll all be you know completely proven wrong and uh yeah it was like uh, is gonna be gain like 20 pounds of muscle yeah it was like taylor lautner between the twilight movies like got jacked you know we think of him as like super jacked but in that first one he was like a little you know puny little kid and then he just worked out like crazy so you never yeah we never know i mean tom holland could be six three by the time the movie come you know (laughs) by the second movie and mary jane's height won't be a factor yeah. Yeah, I mean they're all they're all young, they're all at that. Though I don't know if Tony Re- How do you pronounce his last name? Uh Revelori? Revelori? Yeah, I don't he he seems a bit older, doesn't he? I mean 20. Okay. So yeah, so he's probably not going to hit a growth spurt or anything like that, but Yeah, I mean they they could take it any direction and I mean, you know, who knows? Maybe he's a basketball player or a soccer player or something and you know, it's not like he has to be a big uh, you know, football player necessarily. So Yeah. I, I'm I'm excited because I mean I loved him in Grand Budapest Hotel and in Dope, um, and I am a big fan of Agent Venom and really want Agent Venom to exist in the MCU. So, um, you know I'm more focused on the on them getting a good good actor for that role. Uh, so I'm excited if he is Flash. I'm excited for him to be Flash because he's a big enough name that 
I have to assume that Flash is sticking around. You know, they're not going to cast someone like him as just the Flash that we've seen in the other movies, where it's just kind of he's a bully for like one scene and then he disappears. Yeah, I would hope. I, I would hope not. I mean, that I would hope. I would hope you're right, and that they're going to cast some of these folks that are going to actually be a part and stick around. And I guess since the goal is to keep them in high school for a while, then that seems pretty plausible. So. Right, right. Which you know, so we're probably not going to see Agent Venom for a long time, but still, I mean, we'll get there. If they, yeah, if they ever do that, they ever do the spinoff. I mean, he's there. They got a big name. I'm sure he's got like a nine picture deal. So, sure, you know, it can happen. Yep, yep. That's all the the movie stuff I have. Uh, Two, the two TV things I have is uh, so it looks like Jason O'Mara is going to be the new director of Shield, which I didn't see that coming. I didn't think it was going to be a new cast member i really thought it was going to be talbot that they put in charge of uh of shield but it, it but it looks like that is not the case yeah i mean it um i, I guess it makes a certain s- sense because i've been talking with a friend about this kind of everything that's happening with shield you know and just the synopsis and where it's going and it definitely seems like they're doing a bit of a soft reboot with everything um and just kind of you know reorganizing the characters and putting them in different circumstances so it, it kind of makes sense. I feel like that's kind of a classic TV move to bring in like the outside person who all of a sudden is in charge of everything. And it, you know, sort of shakes up the character dynamic and, you know, the hierarchies and stuff. So, sure. I have so, not, uh, yeah, uh, I think it'll be interesting. I'm sorry. I I'm, I'm way behind on agents of shield. When I had to duck out of the podcast, I, I stopped watching agents of shield. Um, Oh, yeah, I don't know. It wasn't like a it, w- it wasn't a planned thing. It was just one of the things I fell behind on, and I never went back. And then I felt like I didn't, really didn't care that I missed it, which is always a bad feeling. Um, where do you how, how long do you guys see this hanging around? Like they hit this syndication number and everything, right, Russ? So they're they had their hundred episodes or whatever mark they need to hit. Not not yet. I mean, or well, is it 80, yeah, what is it eighty something? What's the magic number? Yeah, 100. I think they changed. It used to be a hundred. Yeah, I think they've changed it. Yeah, I mean nowadays it seems like I've seen so shows hit like USA or uh, you know some of the other networks after two seasons. Uh, and with yeah. Netflix now, that becomes almost moot. But I, we, it's funny, Matthew and I have talked about it too. I think unless there's a dramatic shift in ratings, I think this is it for Agents of Shield. I think this will be the yeah. last season unless there's a boost. And I think part of it is not because you know we've seen shows like once upon a time and things like that which don't really do that much better or worse in the ratings and you know they're going into their sixth season i think coming up um yeah it's been around a while so i think part of it is they've had a change of the guard at abc on the tv side they dumped on most wanted i think what it'll be is unless there's a, a a pretty big shift in the ratings or they get some kind of budgetary help from either Netflix or some foreign markets. I think they're going to just kind of put this one to bed and go a different direction for TV. I think they're going to, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that's, this will just be a casualty of them realizing that trying to launch a show that on its surface seemed like it was very tightly tied to the MCU was maybe not such a great idea. And that finding something that maybe, is a little more ancillary, kind of like the Netflix yeah. shows or what we'll, what we're going to talk about next. Yeah, and Cloak and Dagger. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think ABC is not going to. I mean, as the major TV arm of Disney, they're they're going to have some Marvel show. I mean, it just it just makes sense that the Marvel name is still a good name, and the Netflix stuff does really well, even in terms of TV and, and, you know, agents of shield has definitely grown in it's sort of critical acclaim and stuff. So they're going to do something, but yeah, you might, you know, they might be looking at it and be like, you know what? Yeah. Agents of shields. Okay. Yeah. We could string it along like we do with once upon a time, but once upon a time is like its own thing, you know, whereas if they're only going to have one Marvel show, they might want to try and take, they might be thinking like, let's take a crack at like starting all over and getting like the best Marvel show we can get. You know, let's get some of those Marvel ratings in here, and we're just never going to get that with Shield. So let's just start over and see if we can do better. I've I've heard a crazy rumor, and I can't even remember where I saw it, and it's could be un, unsubstantiated, but that the premiere for season four is going to have like a major player cameo 
uh, in the opening episode. And I, I don't know if that's complete nonsense or, or true, but I've heard like the name I've heard thrown out there is like Robert Downey Jr. Like him coming in as Stark, um, for a brief scene in the premiere episode, but I've not heard that backed up anywhere. So take that with the biggest grain of salt you can find. That yeah. would be cool. I would tune in for that. Yeah. Yeah. And then probably so, yeah. not the next week. Yeah, and that's <laughs> that's the that's the unfortunate side effect of that. Um so the last piece of news I have, and this to me was a huge surprise, although the more I thought about it, the less surprised I really should have been with it, but um is that Marvel is gonna put out a runaways TV show on Hulu. Yeah, very excited. Yeah, yeah and, I, first thing I said to you, Russ, was, you know, I have not read The Runaways, but we've been doing this comic book, you know, pop culture podcasting thing for a number of years, and it always came up. Like, I yeah, hope they do yeah. a Runaways TV show. Like, it always came up. So yep. apparently there, it's definitely something, you know, that, that should make a lot of people excited. Yeah, I read the first volume of it. So I think yeah. Brian K. Vaughn started it, then Joss Whedon picked it up. Um, and it's really kind of gone by the wayside. And there's been a lot of call to pick it back up. Those characters have appeared in other books. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I read the first one, too, and I liked it. I never really got into the other ones, but I've read some of the other stuff they've all been in, like um, uh, Avengers Arena. Yep. Featured a lot of them. Um, that was like the battle royale sort of thing with all the young characters. Um, yep. And Nico uh, Sistergram is you know part of A Force now and had a you know was in Secret Wars and stuff like that. So you know, but but overall the premise is really interesting. So you know, even though I fell a little out of the comics, I still really love the premise and I like the characters and um, you know it's just an exciting different direction for them to take. Um, and, and it sort of answers this thing we've been wondering, you know, we know that Netflix can only handle so much. We know that ABC can handle so much ABC family, you know, wherever you want to put it, we sort of weren't sure what the deal was with Netflix and whether that was sort of locked in, in terms of their one streaming option. Now that they've proven they can do a deal with Hulu, the sky's the limit. I mean, we could see an Amazon thing. We could see an HBO thing, you know, a Showtime. Like, they could yeah. they could really do it with anybody that's not, um, you know, cable TV. So, yeah. And ABC owns a portion of Hulu. So, I mean, they're, that's you know, true. they're in that conglomerate that, you know. Right, of, that's true. So maybe, maybe that's somehow an exception or something. But still, I mean, it just opens up one more avenue for them to, you know, explore a different show without any yeah. one service or network or whatever getting bogged down by you know a bunch of marvel shows or something so yeah yeah so yeah it'd be interesting i mean if you're not familiar with the runaways uh for any of the listeners that aren't familiar with the comic books uh it's basically a team of kids that their parents are all super villains and a part of this crazy villain society uh, and once they realize that their parents are crazy super villains they decide to run away together uh, and they're hunted by their collective parents uh, while they're on the run. And uh, are their parents like major villains, or are they, is it kind no, of no. so it's nobody no. you've ever heard it's, of type thing? Some of them. I'm trying to think of. of they're who, all original, as far as I know. I don't think any of them were established characters. I thought some of them. I'm trying to think. It's been so long since I've read it. Yeah, it was like they, the early days they, of the podcast. John yeah, there weren't anybody that I had ever heard of, at least. So, I mean, maybe, maybe they were like D-string or something. Or I'm trying to think. I thought at least one or two of them, like, they're... Oh, Victor Mancha. So he was created by Ultron. So he's technically right. the, son, the son of but Ultron. He, he's a later one, isn't he? He yeah. wasn't in the original. Yeah, the And we don't know what they're doing. There's been a couple iterations. Yeah. We don't know which one they're doing, though all the, the sort of promotional picture they've attached is the original group. Yeah. And and that group, I'm as far as I know, I think they were all just invented for, 
for the series, but I mean, one of them's a mutant, one of them has magic powers, uh, Nico. So, you know, playing with a, I mean, obviously one of them won't be a mutant in the show, but, you know, they're introducing, you know, more magic stuff and, you know, maybe one of them will be an inhuman or something. And, and then, and then one of the characters has a pet velociraptor so yeah that's i'm really curious link to. yeah yeah so i'm very very curious if that character is going to make it because again it's in that picture um of the you know the original crew that they've been using as part of the promotion and stuff so i would love to uh to see that so hopefully hopefully we have uh, magic and dinosaurs and super villains and all sorts of stuff on this show yeah yeah <laughs> And given uh, Hulu doesn't usually do long runs, so it's probably going to be like I would say probably eight or ten episodes max. Like I don't even think it's a, I don't even think we'll get a full thirteen like Netflix. I think I think this will be fairly limited. Possibly, yeah, I wouldn't you know, be surprised if it's straight up just an adaptation of the first volume. Yeah, yeah, of a comic. But yeah, so that was kind of cool. I mean, you know, Marvel Marvel's been talking at least Loeb on the TV side that there's some ex- exciting stuff coming. Um, some stuff that they haven't announced even beyond Runaways. So uh, I'll be curious to see what they've got developing. And, you know, we talked, John, I know you weren't on the show when we talked about it, but, you know, part of the reason why they passed on Most Wanted was they just felt like, after the change of the guard, they just felt like that pilot wasn't strong enough compared to the other pilots that they were showing. So um, I think the only crappy part is, we lost two characters out of Agents of Shield that were probably the two best characters on the show. Um, yeah, two two of the two of the shining lights on the show. Definitely. Um, and and now they've, you know, at least uh, Adrian Pilecki's gone on to do other things. Like she's on that Seth MacFarlane sci-fi show that John Favreau's going to yeah. direct on Fox. Yeah, I'm, Mockingbird's one of my favorite characters, and she, and she did such an amazing job adapting her. So I'm I'm definitely bummed. I, w- I would love to see Mockingbird continue to exist in the MCU, but uh, uh, probably not going to happen. So we'll see. And what's supposedly hanging out there in Pilot Land? Wasn't there? I remember news, and it's probably going back maybe over a year. There was news of a certain writer that had worked on other stuff that was writing a Marvel pilot. The John John Ridley project. John Ridley. Yeah. Okay. We never found out what that was. Right. And so I, it could I think te- it's a- hypothetically it's still around, or that was yeah. then squashed. They okay. keep teasing it every few keep- months. I feel like yep. someone says it's still happening. So. That's I think the big the, thing with him and was, Runaways was one of the rumors too. Yeah, yeah, that it might be. The big thing with Ridley was I think that American Crime Show was supposed to get canned after the first season, and they brought it back, and so mm. that tied him up with a second season. Gotcha. Which I think pushed the Marvel thing off. Um, but yeah, they keep they keep putting that out there. And Damage Control, we we still haven't heard anything one way or another about that. No, and I think they're hedging their bets with this yeah. NBC DC series. Well, and the the that just lost its showrunner. Yeah, so that's already not looking great for that show. But yeah, I think if that show tanks, I think I think the ABC execs will be like, shame. yeah, yeah. I, I think Damage Control was such a such a fun. I, I think that's exactly what the Marvel universe needs. It's kind of like this meta comedy. Yep. You know, I think I think we sort of need everybody's so used to the superhero concept that I think that was the perfect example. And it's tied into something in the comics. It's, I know it's similar to the NBC one, but I I still think it's more of a clever idea and really lets them wink and nod at all the movies without ever having to really show them or anything. So I, I hope in some way that lives on, even if the NBC one tanks, you know, maybe they, they just give it a wide berth and wait a year or something, but yeah, maybe, yeah, because I don't was, see that NBC one doing well. I mean, I just don't think it's going to work yeah. out. The, the one thing real quick that I, I forgot to add on to, to the notes, but that came up and kind of went away. But there was a rumor that Netflix shot a White Tiger pilot. Um, I believe since then they said that she'll be appearing in Daredevil season three. I think that's the it, latest that I heard. Yeah. And it's the yeah, supposedly the Angela del Toro version of White Tiger, which who uh, they mention in Jessica Jones. Yeah, yeah. They name um, drop. So I kind of call 
bullcrap yeah. on this. <laughs> I mean, it, I, it seems like out of everything they'd go for, like, I don't know. I mean, unless they're just trying to, unless they're just looking for another female character, but it seems like why not spin off like Misty Knight or somebody? When it just seems like, given how full that plate is, yeah, I don't I, like. Why would you shoot a pilot for a show you're not even going to be able to produce for at yeah. least two and years? We're, yeah, we're still waiting on Punisher. I mean, yeah. three or four years probably. I mean, at the yeah. rate they're going, it just yeah, I I don't see that happening. She could show up as a character in one of the other shows, but yeah, I really doubt they spent money on a pilot for that. Yeah. But it was just kind of an interesting little thing that popped up. So yeah, that's all the notes I had. Um, anything else you guys have? Anything that uh, that we missed, or you wanted to talk about before we sign off? No, I don't think so. That was a pretty. Yeah, uh, I think that was all. Good chunk of news. Cool. Yeah. That's all I had. Uh, so I guess next episode will be episode 100. I have no idea uh, when we will actually put that out. I, I think we're kind of going bi-weekly at this point. You know, once Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. pops back up, we'll be back to, you know, pretty much weekly at that right. point um, or as weekly as we can be, but no worse than bi-weekly. Um, and uh, like I said, look for our phase two retrospective coming up probably uh, sometime end of you know mid September ish, I would hope to get that done before Agents of Shield starts. If not, we may just record it and just kind of pop it out as an extra episode, um, or bank it in case we have to to take a week off. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, for business travel or craziness that uh, that usually ensues. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll try and get something planned for episode one hundred. Like I said, it will it will probably be just kind of a, like a retrospective, you know, kind of like where we are, where we've come. Uh, you know, both from the show perspective and the and the MCU as a whole. So, uh, so that'll be fun. I'll try and see if we can get some some more voices on, and uh, you know, instead of just making it two or three of us, hopefully we can get uh, get Brad and Ken on. That would be fantastic. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would like to kill Ken Morgan while talking to Ken Morgan. That would be awesome. Yeah. We get to crank the volume. It'll probably sound like your target is Ken Morgan. <laughs> Hello, forty-seven. Your <laughs> target is Ken Morgan. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, so, again, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, head on over to the Facebook page. Uh, if there's something you want us to talk about for episode one hundred, uh, you know, put it up there. I'll, I'll. I have a thread up. I'll probably update that thread. Um, so we'd love to hear which. If you have any questions for us, uh, and and you know, just about us, the podcast. Um, you know, things like that, the show, you know, what we think about the MCU, you know, stuff that you want to uh, hear us talk about or questions to answer. That would be fantastic. Um, so definitely head over to the Facebook group, uh, facebook.com slash MCU podcast. And you can follow us on Twitter at uh, MCU underscore podcast. Um, as, as things are starting to ramp up, I think I'll be tweeting and Facebooking a little more actively. I know John is as, uh, as he's had a little bit of time, has kind of jumped in there and been posting some stuff up, so I appreciate that. I couldn't uh, resist the Rick and Morty news. So Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, of course, for Matthew, uh, you can head over to mcuexchange.com and check out all, all the stuff that he's got going on over, over there. So uh, please do. Yeah. So until next time, uh, thanks for listening to It's All Connected. Good night.